ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ما بعد So now then, tonight's lecture, we're going to mention a hadith from the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, which covers several different points, but in particular, it's the final point that we want to discuss today. This hadith is the hadith of Mu'adh ibn Jabal. Radiallahu anhu qal. Qultu, he said, that I said, Ya Rasulallah, O Messenger of Allah, Akhbirni bi'amalin yudkhiluni al-jannah wa yuba'iduni an-nar. Tell me about something that will enter me into paradise and distance me from the fire. Qal, laqad sa'altani an-azim. The Prophet said, Indeed, you have asked me about something tremendous. And even though it is something great, this affair, it will be made easy upon those whom Allah makes it easy upon them. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not commit any shirk with him. وَتُقِيمُ الصَّلَةِ وَتُؤْتِ الزَّكَةِ Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not commit any shirk with him. Establish the prayer, give the zakat. وَتَسُومُ رَمَضَانِ and fast in Ramadan, and do the Hajj of the house of Allah. Then he said, Ala Adulluka ala abwabil khair. Shall I not show you the doors to goodness? Shall I not show you the doors to goodness? Fasting is a protection, a guard. And charity extinguishes the sin. Just like water extinguishes the fire. Wa salatul lail. And the night prayer. The night prayer that a person prays in the middle of the night. Just as Allah said in the Quran, تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ They arise from their beds. 
حتى بلغ يعملون until he arrived at the statement of Allah يعملون ثم قال ثم قال ألا أخبرك برأس الأمر كله وعموده وضروة سنامه He says, shall I not tell you about the head of the affair and the pillar of it and the peak of it, the pinnacle of it? قُلْتُ بَلَى يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ I said, yes, of course, O Messenger of Allah. قَالْ رَأْسُ الْأَمْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ The head of the affair is Al-Islam. وَعَمُودُهُ الصَّلَةِ And the pillar of it is the prayer. وَذِرْوَةُ سَنَامِهِ الْجِهَادِ and the pinnacle of it is jihad. ثُمَّ قَالْ أَلَا أُخْبِرُكَ بِمَلَاكِ ذَلِكَ كُلِّهِ Shall I not tell you about the owner or what controls all of that? All of these actions of yours. قُلْتُ بَلَا يَا نَبِيَ اللَّهِ I said, of course, O Messenger of Allah. فَأَخَذَ بِلِسَانِهِ So he got his tongue. He took his tongue. Held his tongue. قال, and he said, كُفَّ عَلَيْكَ هَذَا كُفَّ عَلَيْكَ هَذَا Restrain this. Control this. Control your tongue. فَقُلْتُ So I said, يَا نَبِيَ اللَّهِ وَإِنَّا لَمُؤَاخَذُونَ بِمَا نَتَكَلَّمُ بِهِ Are we going to be held accountable upon what we say? فقال, so he said, فَكِلَتْكَ أُمُّكَ يَا مُعَاذِ وَهَلْ يَكُبُّ النَّاسِ فِي النَّارِ عَلَى وُجُوهِهِمْ أَوْ عَلَى مَنَاخِرِهِمْ إِلَّا حَصَائِدُ أَلْسِنَتِهِمْ That what else is going to cause the people to collapse and be thrown into the fire except what they occur upon their tongues or incur upon their tongues so this narration is a great hadith in which the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam outlines the pathway to paradise and highlights the mannerism of staying away from the fire وَهَذَا يَحْتَاجُهُ كُلُّ مُسْلِمٍ and this is something every Muslim needs to learn how to go to paradise and how to stay away from the fire. فَكُلُّ مُسْلِمٍ يُرِيدُ دُخُولَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّجَاةَ مِنَ النَّارِ Every Muslim wants to enter paradise and to be away from the hellfire. وَلَكِنْ مَطْطَرِيقٍ However, what is the way? لِذَلِكَ سَأَلَ مُعَاذِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ And that is why Mu'adh asked the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم 
لأن الإنسان ليس باستطاعته أن يعرف طريق الجنة وطريق النار إلا من ناحية الوحي Because a person cannot know what is the way to paradise and how do you stay away from the hellfire except by way of the revelation except what has been mentioned in the revelation Wallahu subhanahu lam yakilna ila uqulina wa tafkirina wa tasawuratina And Allah did not leave us to our own minds and intellects and our own imaginations وَإِنَّمَا أَرْسَلَ هَذَا الرَّسُولِ Rather, he sent this messenger to us وَأَنزَلَ هَذَا الْكِتَابِ And he revealed this book to us مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يُبَيِّنَ لَنَا طَرِيقَ الْجَنَّةِ وَطَرِيقَ النَّارِ So that it would clarify to us the pathway to paradise and what the path to hell is so you can avoid it. وَفِي هَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَى وُجُوبِ سُؤَالِ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ عَنْ أُمُورِ الدِّينِ This hadith highlights to you the importance of asking the people of knowledge. The importance of asking the people of knowledge about the affairs of your religion. Look at how Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu anhu went to the Prophet sallallahu asked him about this affair, asking about his religion. لِأَنَّهَا لَا يُسْأَلُ عَنْهَا غَيْرُ الْعُلَمَةِ And this knowledge, this religion, it is not asked about, you do not ask about it except the people of knowledge. You only ask the people of knowledge about this religion, not anyone. You don't go to the doctors and the engineers. This religion is not something which can just be addressed by the minds. Rather, it is something which can only be understood by the revelation. قوله أخبرني بعمل يدخلني الجنة ويباعدني عن النار. So when Mu'adh ibn Jabal said, tell me about something which will enter me into paradise and it will distance me from the fire. This is what every Muslim wants to know. And this is why Mu'adh ibn Jabal, he asked this question to the Prophet What is it that will enter me into paradise? What do I have to do? And what are the things that I can do to save me from the hellfire? So the Prophet said, لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَنِي عَنْ عَظِيمٌ The Prophet said, this is something great you have asked me about, something tremendous you have asked me about. It is a great affair, something very important. وَإِنَّهُ لَيَصِيرٌ عَلَى مَنْ يَسَّرَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ But it is easy though, for those whom Allah makes it easy upon them. This affair is a great affair. But it will be made easy for those whom Allah makes it easy for them. Because 
This religion is a religion of ease and facilitation. La harajun fi. La haraja fi. There is no difficulty and burden within it. La mashaqqa. No hardship. Wa innama huwa deenun yatamasha ma'a qudarat al-insan min ghayri takallif. Rather, this is a religion that goes along in harmony with your abilities. It is a religion that goes with your abilities. Meaning, for example, an example to highlight that, if a person can't stand and pray, then it is permissible for them to sit and pray. A person cannot sit and pray, doesn't even have that ability, he can lie down and pray. So the religion, it works in harmony with your ability. مِنْ غَيْرِ تَسَاهُلٍ And that does not mean that there is slackness. It doesn't mean there's slackness. You've still got to fulfill the obligations. You've got to do what's upon you to do. But it's just that the religion is in harmony with your ability. If you are not able physically, actually, in reality to do something, then the religion gives you ease. Same with the haram. If you were actually physically unable to stay away from a particular haram due to a reason, then the religion facilitates that. For example, you were out in the woods and you were dying and starving, haven't eaten for a month, and then all of a sudden you see a pig. Or, a better example than that, in fact, all of a sudden you see a corpse, a dead animal. You see a dead animal that you hadn't slaughtered. That's meta, haram to eat. But in that case, it is allowed to eat. So the religion doesn't put burden upon you or difficulty upon you in that way, but that doesn't mean that there is slackness. You still have to fulfill the obligations. You've still got to fulfill the uh, rights upon you. So the Prophet ﷺ said, the ones who are obedient and righteous, Allah makes it easy for them. But those who do not have that type of obedience, then it will become a burden upon them and difficult upon them. For the lazy ones, it will become very difficult. For the lazy ones, it becomes a burden. And that's why Allah mentioned, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةً This prayer, it is something great and it is something heavy upon the people. إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ Except for those who are upon that piety, who are upon that righteousness and that focus and that concentration in their worship, for them it is easy. But for other people, they will find that a burden. So the ones who are lazy, they find this worship a difficulty and a burden. But those who are upon righteousness and goodness, then they find it easy. وَكَذَلِكَ سَائِرُ الطَّاعَاتِ And that is the same with all of the different types of worship. Even giving in charity. The one who is righteous and pious and knows about the great reward, that action of giving from your wealth, giving it away, becomes easy to do. But for the one who does not have that piety and righteousness, giving away some of your money becomes a very difficult thing to do. So the one who does not have the strength of Iman, this worship, all different types of it become difficult. But the one who has the strength of Iman, then they become easy upon you. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, تَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not commit any shirk. This is the basis. Because Mu'adh ibn Jabal asked, 
What is going to get me to paradise and what is going to save me from hellfire? The basis of what will get you to paradise and will save you from the hellfire is worshipping Allah alone and staying away from the shirk. Then he said, وَتُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ And establish the prayer. Note that the Prophet said, وَتُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ Establish the prayer. Did not say just pray. Because establishing the prayer is different to just praying. Establishing the prayer, iqamatu salah, iqamu salah, tuqimu salah, it means that you pray in the proper and correct and accurate manner. With all of the obligations and the sunnah acts in the correct time in the proper way. That is establishing the prayer. As for somebody who comes along and misses all the sunnah acts and doesn't do it properly but he prays, then okay, you can say he's managed to just about pray and it will count, but he hasn't established the prayer in the way of the sunnah. And that's why Shaykh al-Albani mentioned there are two, two descriptions to the prayer. Or rather, Shaykh al-Fawzan mentioned there are two descriptions to the prayer. One is the actual precise description of the prayer of the Prophet's prayer. That is establishing the prayer. The second description of the prayer is a description which is the bare minimum so that it counts. You're not really doing it properly and fully how the Prophet used to do it, but you're doing the bare minimum for it to count. So here the Prophet didn't just mention the bare minimum for it to count. Rather, it was the higher level. Establish the prayer. Then, and give the zakat. This is the third pillar. And this is a type of worship that is linked to your wealth. Whereas the prayer is linked to your body, physically. The zakat is linked to your wealth. And then, وَتَسُومُ Ramadan And fast in the month of Ramadan. And this is the fourth pillar. وَهُوَ شَهْرٌ فِي السَّنَةِ وَسَوْمُ شَهْرِ رَمَضَانِ فَرْضٌ وَرُكْنٌ مِنْ أَرْكَانِ الْإِسْلَامِ And fasting the month of Ramadan, that is an obligation. And it is a pillar from the pillars of Islam. وَتَحُجُّ الْبَيْتِ وَهَذَا هُوَ الرُّكْنُ الْخَامِسُ مِنْ أَرْكَانِ الْإِسْلَامِ ذكر صلى الله عليه وسلم أركان الإسلام كلها آخرها الحج. So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned all of these pillars of Islam and the final of those pillars is the Hajj. So remember the question of Mu'adh ibn Jabal was what can I do to enter me into paradise and what can I do to save me from the fire? So the Prophet ﷺ began by mentioning the very basics of this religion. Fulfill the pillars of Islam. Be upon Tawheed, the Shahada. Establish the prayer. Give the zakat. Fast the month of Ramadan. Do your hajj. That is the basics if you want to enter paradise and stay away from the fire. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, on top of those five basic pillars. Now he's going to tell him more information about how to get to paradise and stay away from the hellfire. On top of the five pillars, he now gives him extra details. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Ala adulluka ala abwabil khair. 
Shall I not show you the doors to goodness? Shall I not show you the doors to goodness? Meaning on top of the five pillars, extra details. Because the religion isn't just restricted to the five pillars. They are the basis and the core. But then there is a lot more that is built upon those five pillars and around those five pillars. So those five pillars are the basis and the foundation. Then there are a lot of branches away from them that completes the religion. So the Prophet said, Shall I not show you the doors to goodness? Meaning all of the completing factors and the other aspects of the religion. So then he said, some extra detail about fasting. Fasting is a guard, it is a protection. And fasting is an obligation, like the fasting of Ramadan. And other optional days of fasting, like the six days of Shawwal, and Mondays, and Thursdays, and three days of every month, and the ten days of the Hijjah, and the day of Arafah, and the day of Ashura, and the day before Ashura. All of these are supererogatory fasts. Charity, it wipes out, extinguishes the sin. Charity extinguishes the sin. Just like water extinguishes the fire. And charity that is being mentioned here is two types. Again, there is the obligatory charity and there is the optional charity. What is the obligatory charity? Zakat. And the optional charity? All the other types of optional charity that you give, the sadaqah. So the charity, it wipes out your sins. It extinguishes them just like fire extinguishes, uh, water extinguishes fire. Then he said, Give some extra details about the prayer. That one of the greatest types of prayer you can pray from the optional prayers is the night prayer. The prayer of the man the prayer of the man during the night. The prayer of the man during the night. قال ثم تلا تتجافى جنوبهم عن المضاجع حتى بلغ يعملون الصلاة منها فريضة ومنها نافلة وأفضل النوافل صلاة الرجل في جوف الليل يعني وسط الليل لأنه وقت نوم الناس ووقت هدوء وَيَكُونُ بَعْدَ نَوْمٍ وَرَاحَةً فَيَكُونُ الْإِنسَانُ حَاضِرَ الْقَلْبِ Because when a person gets up in the middle of the night or the last part of the night to pray, that is a tremendous prayer. Because that is typically the time when people want to relax and rest. So a person leaves his warm bed in the last third of the night and he arises to pray. And that is something tremendous from that individual. And 
the last third of the night is also a time if you were to wake up you would be if you have slept properly after Isha then you wake up in the last part of the night you wake up and you are refreshed and a person can worship so a person wakes up with some energy. Also, the Prophet said, أحب الصلاة إلي إلى الله صلاة داود عليه السلام The most beloved of the prayer to Allah is the prayer of Dawood وَحَبُّ الصَّيَامِ إِلَى اللَّهِ صَيَامُ دَاوُودِ And the most beloved of fasting is the fasting of Dawood. وَكَانَ يَنَامُ نِصْفَ اللَّيْلِ He used to sleep for half of the night. وَيَقُومُ ثُلُثَهُ And then he used to pray for a third of it. وَيَنَامُ سُدُسَهُ And then sleep a sixth of it. وَيَسُومُ يَوْمًا وَيُفْتِرُ يَوْمًا And he used to fast one day and not fast one day. Fast, not fast, fast, not fast. So this is what's mentioned about Dawood and that this was the most beloved to Allah. Then the Prophet said, Ala ukhbiruka bi ra'sil amri kullihi wa amudihi wa dhirwati sinamihi. Shall I not tell you about the head of the affair and the pillar of it and the pinnacle of it? Rasul Amril Islam. The head of the affair is Al Islam to submit yourself to Allah upon Tawheed. To submit yourself to Allah upon Tawheed and to be in obedience to Him and to declare your innocence of Shirk and its people. That is the head of the affair. Wa'amuduhu salah. And the pillar of it is the prayer. And the pinnacle of it is jihad. Then he said, after mentioning all of these good deeds and this righteousness and the pillars and everything. Shall I tell you what controls all of that? What is reliant for all of that meaning there is something if you were to fail in that thing then all of these deeds of yours would collapse what is the thing that surrounds all of these deeds to maintain them what is that thing that surrounds all of these deeds to maintain them if you were to lose that thing your deeds would be nullified he said the greatest thing which can nullify your deeds and get rid of all of these deeds. The tongue of a person. The tongue of a person. By talking with evil speech. And backbiting. And storytelling. And the testimony of falsehood. False witnessing and false testifying. So this action of the tongue nullifies the actions. 
It can destroy your good deeds, all of this evil that emanates from your tongue. الأعمال تذهب مع المدلومين الذين تكلمت فيهم أو عليهم حيث يقتصون يوم القيامة من حسناتك فتصبح مفلسا لأنهم يأخذونها بمظالمهم فإذا أردت أن تبقى لك أعمالك وحسناتك فأمسك لسانك عن الكلام السيء فهو خطير جدا How exactly is the tongue in control of all of these actions, if you lose your tongue, you end up losing your actions. Because on the Day of Judgment, if you had oppressed people with your tongue, you had lied about people, you had backbitten people, you had spread stories about people, using your tongue to do all of that, then on the Day of Judgment, on the Day of Judgment, those people who you oppressed, they will come, they will come and they will take their rights from you. They will take their rights from you, one by one, all of your good deeds taken away from you. And you will end up bankrupt with all of your deeds taken away by these people who you oppressed with your tongue in this world. So then Mu'adh radiyallahu anhu said, Ya Nabi Allah, wa inna lamu'akhadhuna bima natakallamu bih. Are we going to be held accountable upon what we say? Ta'ajjaba Mu'adhun radiyallahu anhu li'anna al-kalama sahlun ala al-nas. He was surprised. Because speaking and using your tongue is something so easy upon the people. Everybody just talks and talks and you fall into backbiting maybe, you fall into storytelling maybe. Because talking doesn't require any effort. Everybody just talks and talks. The tongue is used without thinking. So Mu'adh ibn Jabal was surprised that based upon the tongue you could lose all of your deeds. This tongue which flows so easily for everybody, everybody talks. Even a person who's not educated, they can talk and talk. So the tongues of the people are always working, they're always talking. So will this tongue and what you say upon your tongue impact upon the deeds of a person and take them away? It will be accountable upon them? So then the Prophet ﷺ said, and This is like a, a, a statement which is made, uh, a statement to indicate the severity of the affair. Your mother lost you. Uh, meaning that this is saying that you be destroyed. This is destruction. It's like a statement to indicate how severe it is what has happened or what has been said. So then the Prophet ﷺ highlighted. This isn't to say that the Prophet ﷺ was making dua against Mu'adh to be destroyed. No. But this is just a phrase. It's a phrase that is used to indicate the severity of the affair. 
So then the Prophet said, وَهَلْ يَكُبُّ النَّاسِ فِي النَّارِ عَلَى وُجُوهِهِمْ أو قال على مناخرهم إِلَّا حَصَائِدُ أَلْسِنَتِهِمْ Will the people be cast into the fire for anything other than their tongues? The actions of their tongues, what they incurred due to their tongues. فَهَذَا فِيهِ خَطَرُ اللِّسَانِ so this indicates the great danger of the tongue. And the great danger of your speech. Somebody may utter words of shirk and kufr and end up exiting from Islam with that tongue and that speech. Doesn't necessitate that he bows down or prostrates to idols or that he slaughters or commits shirk like that. He could just use his tongue and say words of kufr and shirk and he's exited from Islam. He might say some word of kufr which is very easy upon the tongue to say. All of his actions will be taken away, he'll end up a kafir. وَقَدْ يَتَكَلَّمُ بِالْغِيبَةِ And maybe the person does ghiba, backbiting. And Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, أَيُحِبُّ أَحَدُكُمْ أَنْ يَأْكُلَ لَحْمَ أَخِيهِ مَيْتًا فَكَرِهْتُمُ Would you love to eat the meat of your dead brother? And that is certainly something you dislike. The corpse of your brother eating the meat, that is the example given of backbiting. And النَّمِيمَةِ Spreading stories between the people to cause corruption between the people. Saying, I heard him say this about you and I heard them saying this and I heard him saying that. To cause corruption. وَقَدْ يَقُولُ كَلِمَةَ الْكُفْرِ وَهِيَ خَفِيفَ عَلَى اللِّسَانِ And he may, something, he may say something which is very small on the tongue. But it has a severe impact upon the level of sin that is just committed with that statement. فَإِذَا اسْتَعْمَلْتَ هَذَا اللِّسَانِ فِي الْكَلَامِ الطَّيِّبِ أَثْمَرَ لَكَ So if you use this tongue for good speech, then it brings about the good fruits for you. You use this tongue for the good speech, it will bring about the good fruits for you. كَالتَّسْبِيحِ وَالتَّهْلِيلِ وَالتَّكْبِيرِ Like you say the tasbih, Subhanallah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, recitation of the Qur'an. All of these things will bring about good fruits for you, using your tongue in obedience like that. وَإِنِ اسْتَعْمَلْتَهُ فِي الْكَلَامِ السَّيِّئِ أَهْلَكَ وَأَوْقَعَكَ فِي النَّارِ وَأَنْتَ لَا تَدْرِي But if you use your tongue for evil speech, it will cast you into the fire and destroy you and you don't even realize it. It will destroy you and cast you into the fire and you don't even realize it. فَقَدْ يُصَلِّ الْإِنسَانِ فِي اللَّيْلِ وَيَسُومُ وَيَعْمَلُ الْعَمَلَ الصَّالِحَةِ A person may pray in the night and fast and do all types of righteous deeds. وَلَكِنَّهُ يَجْلِسُ وَيَغْتَابُ النَّاسُ وَيَتَكَلَّمُ فِيهِمْ 
but he at the same time was doing all of these good deeds is a person who backbites the people فَتَذْهَبُ حَسَنَاتُ So all of his good deeds they are taken away because of that إِمَّا أَنَّهُ يُبْطِلُهَا بِكَلِمَةِ الْكُفْرِ وَشِرْكَ وَالْإِسْتِهْزَاءِ وَسُخْرِيَةِ بِالدِّينِ وَإِمَّا أَنَّهُ لَا يُبْطِلُهَا وَلَكِنْ يَأْخُذُهَا الْمَظْلُومُونَ مِنْهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ بِسَبَبِ حَصَائِدِ الْلِسَانِ So either he says something which is completely kufr and he exits from Islam, all of his deeds are destroyed. Or he backbites and takes the rights of the people and they will come and take their rights back from him on the Day of Judgment. فَاللِّسَانُ خَطِيرٌ جِدًّا So this tongue is very dangerous. وَلِهَذَا حَذَّرَ النَّبِيُّ سَأَسَلَّمْ مِنْهُ And that is why the Prophet ﷺ warned from it. فَيَجِبُ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يَحْذَرَ مِنَ الْكَلَامِ وَلَا يَتَكَلَّمُ إِلَّا بِحَقِّ And therefore it is upon a Muslim to be cautious of his speech and not to say except the truth. وَلَا يَتَكَلَّمُ إِلَّا فِي كَلَامٍ يُحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهِ وَيُفِيدُ لِدِينِهِ وَالدُّنْيَاهِ And a person should not speak with any speech that uh, should not speak with any speech except that it is good for you in your religion or some worldly affair. وَيَتْرُكُ فُضُولَ الْكَلَامَ الَّذِي لَيْسَ لَهُ مِنْهُ فَائِدَةٌ And you should leave excessive useless speech that has no benefit in it. Speech that has no benefit in it, leave that type of speech. فَكَيْفَ بِالْكَلَامِ الْمُحَرَّمِ وَالْكَلَامِ الْفَاحِشِ So if you're supposed to leave useless speech, which actually may be permissible, there's nothing wrong with that speech, but it's useless. So you leave that type of useless speech and don't get involved in it. What therefore of speech that is actually haram? Then even more need for you to leave that type of speech. So you leave the speech that is haram and you leave the speech that is useless and has no benefit even if it's not haram. And that's why the shaykh says, هَذَا أَشَدْ وَأَخْطَرْ عَلَى الْلِسَانِ or عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ the speech which has haram in it, if you utter that haram speech, that is the more dangerous upon you. That is the more dangerous upon you uttering that haram speech. And that's why the Shaykh mentioned this tongue is silah dhu haddain. It is a weapon which has two sides to it. A knife with two sides as they say, two blades, a sword with two sides. If you use it in righteousness, then it works for you and you gain the reward. But if you use it in haram, then it cuts you up into the punishment that you will receive. So it is a sword with two sides. If you use it in goodness, it brings about goodness for you. But if you use it in haram, it will bring about the punishment and the bad recompense upon you. So a person needs to be aware with regards to his tongue. Look at this narration now. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned all of your deeds are linked to your tongue. If you control your tongue, maintain your deeds. If you do not control your tongue, then all of these deeds could be wasted and taken away from you. All of these deeds could be nullified from you because of your tongue. So that indicates to us the importance of guarding over our tongues. 
preserving our tongues and what we say. And that is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that we'll briefly mention today. If there's any questions, then we can take those now. Any questions or comments regarding that? So we'll conclude upon that for today.